0: welcome to another episode of Private Lives in Public Spaces. If you're someone who has some sort of talent or an important message to share with the world, whether you're an entrepreneur or a coach or a creative, if you're looking to inspire or help make a difference, but you're not sure how to put yourself out there in meaningful ways, then you, my friend, are in the right place. Because each week, On this show, we'll hear powerful personal stories and discuss how you too can harness the power of vulnerability and authentic storytelling to develop your personal brand, to build an online following, and to create impact. Today's episode is a really special one for me because today's guest is my boss, Jake Jorgavan. Jake is a creator and entrepreneur who helps consultants to become thought leaders. He is responsible for helping me to level up in huge ways, and I'm super excited to have him on the show because he is full of wisdom and insight, and I can't wait to share that with you. We met online about a year and a half ago when I applied for a small part-time job with his other company, Lead Cookie. And in February of this year, he asked me to be the lead on his new company, Content Allies. So I've learned a ton from Jake. He's been my mentor and my business coach. And we managed to scale this business up from just me doing all of the things to now having a team of seven people working remotely all over the world. Jake empowers me and inspires me to be a great leader on the daily. I would not be recording this podcast or working remotely from Prague where I am right now if it weren't for him. So I'm super excited to bring him on the show so you can learn from him too. In this episode, we talk about how Jake built his personal brand and became a thought leader with influence within his chosen field of work. We also talk about the impact of authentically sharing the ups and downs of the entrepreneur's journey, and that means the big failures as well as the wins. We also talk about how to use podcasts to interview your idols and learn business secrets. We touch on why it's okay to talk about multiple brand topics as an influencer. You you don't have to stick to just one thing, we'll dive into that. And then we touch on why you should use segments to separate your personal audience from your business audience. There's tons more value. We talk about quite a few things here. I hope you enjoy the show. Hey, Jake. Hey, Jess. How are you?
1: I'm doing swell.
0: I'm so glad you're here. Actually, you're actually literally here. We are in Prague together, Prague edition of Private Lives and Public Spaces. I know,
1: and premiumly fueled up on pork knee.
0: (laughs) That's right. We delved into pork knee, the delicacy of Prague, because when in Prague, (laughs) pork knee. (laughs) I guess so. (laughs) We learned that pork knee is a large meal, perhaps enough for two people. Oh, God. (laughs) It was an experience that we'll never forget. And now we're here, and it's kind of crazy because we've known each other for a year and a half, almost a year and a half, but we never met until yesterday.
1: Yeah, this is like one of the first podcast interviews I've ever done live, so
0: Really? For you, too?
1: Yeah, did a couple at a conference one time, but other than that, pretty much, yeah.
0: So, yeah, so you have your Working Without Pants podcast, and normally you would interview... People through Zoom or on video, I assume, so never in person.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, one time I did it at a conference, but other than that, nah, So it's, it's a different dynamic.
0: Should it be? really is. <laughs> I think it's, we're like looking each other in the <laughs> eye. <laughs> it's like, you are here.
1: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, something else. It's
0: the real deal. It's really cool, though. I'm super, super grateful that you're here. Um, you do have a personal brand, and you are perhaps what we would call an influencer. And that's actually... A, Question I'd like to throw your way is what are your thoughts on the word influencer? Because you know everyone has a different opinion on on what an influencer is and whether that's a a good thing or a bad thing. Would you consider yourself an influencer?
1: That's weird. Like I've always used the term thought leader, but influencer, like I don't know, uh industry leader, like any of that stuff is like kind of all interchangeable, but. It's a weird thing because at some point I knew, like I knew when I was like going into writing that that's like the goal of like what you're trying to get into. When I started writing and putting stuff out there, but it's just this weird thing because there's no like point where that's you just like, oh, I, I'm an influencer, I've earned this. It's like imposter, imposter, and then one day you look around and you're like, oh, I'm friends with all the other influencers, I guess. I love and that. It's, Yeah. And it's it's a weird, just transitionary thing where you go from like interviewing people and then they suddenly they start looking at you as like a peer and then you're like oh I guess I just hang out with all the other influencers and know them and And it's a weird thing
0: great incentive too right is Mm -hmm. is if you want to level up and be surrounded by these people just get out there and start talking to people and and provide value and and create content that that puts that information out there that people are looking for right
1: yeah and it's just like it's super just influential as I guess as you hit that point um because like whenever you're your peers, those like at like the start before you're in this, like a lot of times your peers, you don't have other peers who are many influencers or like have followings or stuff like that. And then through like podcasting, I networked with a ton of people. I interviewed them.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: that's how I built a lot of those relationships. And then like you just start making friends with these people. And now I call them like my internet friends in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, well, like we relate because we're doing similar things. Yeah. It's so like actual friendships form out of there and then also like business relationships form out of it. And it's just like this weird thing that just starts to kind of happen and you just become friends with other people who put themselves out there too.
0: That's interesting to me though. So having come from a world of like promoting talent and social media, to me, the word influencer has so much to do with how many followers you have, right? And if I were to Google you and put your name, Jake Jorgovan, into Google, it's not, Instagram doesn't pop up. There's no Instagram. There's no YouTube channel. There's no, it's not what I would have deemed as an influencer.
1: Right? Yeah, I think like, I think the term influencer marketing, I guess, is more around like Instagram, like at least currently is around like Instagram and YouTubers mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But uh, I guess the world I live in more is like thought leadership and personal branding and like the business world. Like I don't really use Instagram um, and I like my Facebook, I don't actually use other than to just push stuff out through. So like I have more of a following on LinkedIn, my personal blog, I have a decent sized email list that's been built up. And so it's like a different, it's different than like B2C, like business to consumer where it's like, Oh, I'm going to like take a bunch of pretty pictures of myself looking like mm-hmm. I have a perfect life and then get sponsored by like yoga mat companies or something. Yeah. Like that's a lot of it. And then there's like, the business influencers where it's like I can push a large number of small business owners toward any direction with like the influence that I have.
0: All right. So the breakdown there is B2C versus B2B.
1: Yeah. And then, and it's like weird in like the B2B world, it's like, yeah, it's B2B, but it's also like, there's so many, when you're in like small businesses, it's like a weird like kind of overlap where it's like B2B. C entrepreneurs, like BDE to E, like entrepreneurs. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was like, Need there's whole like whole this like, category. subcategory where it's like actually individuals, not mm-hmm. companies, but like the individuals all like run companies or spend like, you know, company budgets and stuff. So it's a, it's an interesting realm to be in. so
0: Yeah. I think that's interesting too, is that I have a bit of a problem with people who are all about, you know, boosting their numbers and putting selfies out there. And To me, it's like, what is the purpose behind that? What is it that you're building? Are you building Mm. an ego? Are you trying to flatter yourself? Like, what is the why behind what you do? And a lot of what I see online with influencer marketing is that you're just trying to, it's very self-serving. Whereas from what I'm hearing, B2B is much more investing in your business and your personal brand and uh yourself really helping yourself to self-actualize and like step forward level up does that sound
1: yeah and i don't know if it's necessarily a difference of like b2b or b2c but i i think in like b2b like i know it's gonna care if you're posting like put, like selfies and yeah, crap and like follow like pretty people in the b2b world like that's that doesn't really work. So like you have to be putting out value mm-hmm. and like teaching and stuff like that. And so like I write and I teach about entrepreneurship. I write about like the companies that I'm building. or like the lessons I'm learning or things that are working or not working or experiences. And so like I just teach what I learn. Yeah. And that is like my way of creating value. And if you look at a lot of the business influencers, yeah. like if like Jason Freed, um, like 37 Signals and like all these people out there who like end up writing for like the massive publications or stuff like that. Or they, they just become like tons of people follow them like Peter Thiel and all them. It's just like, they're just putting out ideas and yeah. they're putting out like things that they learn or their beliefs and stuff like that. And there's, um, it's actually a really good thing that I wrote up recently that um, I said, this like realization around like nonfiction, I guess. Cause like I would also put it in like, it's like, I don't know, like I guess in nonfiction, like in a sense, like nonfiction writing when you're writing about the real world or like teaching or your experiences, unlike fiction, you can't just like get better from writing more. Like you can only get better by becoming someone different and having like more interesting things to write about. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was just like this interesting realization of how like no one cares that Richard Branson, if he's a good writer, they buy his books to learn his ideas. He probably hired someone to ghost write it, but no one cares because it's their, it's his ideas that they care about. And that's the interesting thing about, I think, like the business world or nonfiction, is it's the ideas that you're putting out there, not like pretty faces.
0: Yeah, there's got to be some some meat there, some thought, some some actual uh, something that you can really take from it, right? You're providing a lot of value. Can I ask where does this personal branding stem from? Did you stumble upon personal branding as a concept a long time ago and think that this was something you definitely wanted to do? Because I assume you haven't always been at this level. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it was, like, I think if I look at my, like, website, um, at some point, like, someone, like, I heard the idea of personal branding was, like, that's a good idea. It was, like, a, like probably some, like, meetup or something. You know. <laughs> yeah. But, like, um, and I, like, bought my domain and my domain uh Someone then poached my name
0: because
1: I let it expire because I was like one of the first websites I ever bought.
0: Your name so, is pretty unique
1: though. Yeah, So now <laughs> I have jake jorgovincom and like, I eventually got my own domain back, but like all my SEO rankings around jake jorgovan So anyway, don't lose your do- your personal name. Domain.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, it's annoying and will haunt you for life. But um <laughs> Anyway, that aside, yeah, uh, I like set up a site and kind of just like put up a few just like random blogs. I had no idea what I was doing, and that was probably like I say, probably like 2012,
0: 2013.
1: Yep. And then somewhere around like 2015, I actually uh, somewhere in there, like throughout there, I kind of like wrote a few random things, but I didn't really know what the hell I was doing, and it was mm-hmm. just like scattered and random whenever inspiration hit. And then 2015 was when I started doing the whole nomadic life and traveling and was mm-hmm. just like, I'm going to write every week and like pursued writing as a craft and yep. studied that. And I just got into having probably about two years. I published one article a week. Um, Discipline. And, yep. And that worked really well. And eventually, as like business got to points, I did. I, I may have fallen off of it at times, but I eventually got back on it. And I, I'm not perfect every week. You mm. know, I normally nowadays, I'd actually, back then, I used to literally write it live and then like publish it myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I typically write like batches of five at once. And then I have a team that publishes them just weekly. Yeah. Um,
0: I was one of those people. Once. You did. Yeah. That was, <laughs> that was one of your first roles. Uh,
1: so yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, that's, I guess kind of how it started, but it was probably 2015 when I actually started really pursuing it and just having that regular commitment to putting stuff out, even if it kind of sucked was, was like helpful to practice. So.
0: So was there any moment for you that was like, personal branding is the way to go? This is what's going to help me get to where I want to go. And I guess the other question there is, where are you trying to go with all this? Did you have a vision in mind with like where this was going to take you?
1: I guess like one of the things that just stuck with me whenever I did learn about personal branding was like, your personal brand is something you can always invest in mm-hmm. that no one can ever take from you. Mm. like your companies can go under like all the things can go away, but like your personal brand and your reputation. Yeah. Like it's great. Like, like legitimately like I have built like lead cookie on the back of my personal brand and I built content allies largely on the back of that. And like the credit, like the, it is like cheating in life <laughs> and business when you have this, because like, I am like, Oh cool. I want like one of our uh content allies. I was just like, well, I want to like go and learn from all of the best content firms. So I just like interviewed like 20 content agencies.
0: Mm -hmm. Got all the secrets.
1: Yeah. And like, and like, these are like super legit people that like, if I didn't have that, I would have no means to like ask them questions. I learned insane amounts of things that have been helpful to our company.
0: And you've made those connections as well, right?
1: Yeah. And have those relationships. And I was also like, oh, I should probably look into like, people that are talking to the consulting market. So like, let's go interview everyone who's speaking to the consulting market, which is our customers and set up referral relationships or stuff like that. And like, and so, um, yeah, I guess all those things like you just invest in it and you can never lose it. And like you build those relationships. You also
0: have to be very careful with managing that brand in a way that, that works to your advantage? Because there are, I mean, maybe not in the way that you're handling it, but there are, there are things that could happen, you know, let's go to private lives and public spaces, you know, that things could come out and it could be attached to your name and, and what happens when your, your brand is spoiled? Do you yeah. think that that, that could be a negative, <laughs> a downfall?
1: Um, for you me, know? it doesn't worry too, I don't worry too much. Like, so some of the, I think the, the downfalls that I've seen is I eventually had to learn that um, just because someone follows one of my businesses doesn't mean they want to follow me personally. Like, there's a difference. And mm-hmm. for a long time, I didn't really, like, I, like, just had one big email list and I didn't separate my lead cookie email list from my personal. Right, right. And then I go drop some, like, F-bombs in a newsletter and, like, customers churn. And I'm like, oh, wow, yeah. I, I can't do that. Like,
0: yeah, exactly. <laughs> so,
1: like, it, it just came down to, like, segmenting and separating those. Mm-hmm. Um, and realizing that, okay, the audience for my businesses is different than the audience for me personally. And yeah. I need to separate that. And so, like, that was... I haven't had many downfalls, and like, I don't think my personal brand can be spoiled because it's just like me, and like, I don't care what people think, right? Um, but I can do things in my personal brand that have repercussions in the business, yeah. And that's, I think, the bigger thing that I've um, I've had to learn to to realize that like I can't just do whatever I want. There's now this whole company that like makes yeah. money, and I can make decisions over here that literally will cost money, and like. Just because yeah. I say shit.
0: repercussions <laughs> for sure. And so you do share quite a bit about your creative process and I guess the entrepreneurial journey, mm-hmm. the ups and the downs. You shared some really real stuff, you know, some of the personal struggles, maybe emotional struggles. Mm-hmm. Is that was that something that you went into knowing that you felt comfortable sharing that sort of stuff? Did you think, you know, Jake, I should be careful, you know, how are people going to respond? Was there a thought process around this before doing that?
1: Um, I don't know. It was just something that, like, I definitely knew. Um, There's a guy, David Sherry, I follow, creates like death to stock photo, and one of the like things that he actually like brought up to me was like, he asked me to like look at the people that I follow, mm-hmm. and like, and then, like, be like, why do you follow them?" And I realized like what I cared a lot of liked is like their authenticity, the fact of what they put out there, and just like no censorship, and just like being like really raw about it. And so, like that's led to me being really wrong. And there's like a few times like that I went through like hard times, and I like didn't write about it. And I was like, I probably should have like. Wish I and, like. Retrospect is like it's hard to go back and like yeah. write about that hard time you hit a year and a half ago, and then I just <laughs> chose not to publish. So like, I haven't always been perfect, but like, whenever you, I hired you and we started Content Allies, like it was early in that. When I was like, there's a you were there at the point where I was like, I'm shutting it down, and then like yep. we basically like pivoted to a whole new idea. And like
0: and you shared it all with everyone.
1: Shared that. And like I got like I got some like 80, 90 responses to that email that went out, which was like insane.
0: Individuals reaching out to you. And what was the response like?
1: It's just people being like, wow, thank you like so much for like being like so transparent and like Mm. being real on this. And like
0: it's true encouragement and stuff like that.
1: And it was like I had a bunch of people want to like start businesses with me and I was like, no, 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 no. just because I failed doesn't mean I just want to go partner with some random guy. But yeah. like, it was just like really like, it was like crazy just the response that came from that of like positive and negative and people just like appreciating that transparency and stuff like that. So
0: that's awesome.
1: It was, uh, yeah, it was a really cool experience to see that. So
0: and that is part of the journey, right? You're gonna fail. There's gonna be ups and downs. And yeah. and when people I mean, everyone's going through that in their own way, right? So being able to see you do that is kind of like, okay, I could yeah. do this. And it's like if it Jake was, can do it, I can do it. <laughs>
1: and I admit like there's like there's this part of it that's not for other people too. It's just for myself. Like there's there's a therapeutic thing to be like, all right, I'm writing this and I'm killing this version of the company and like this writing and publishing. cathartic, and this blog right? Is, yeah. And I told this, uh, I have a friend, Margot Aaron, who like, um, she has a blog and like had built this company. It was like kind of successful. It was a very similar thing. Like she kind of had something going, like what we had it was like making some money, but it was like, this is hard as hell. And like, this mm-hmm. is not actually a good business that I want to be in. And she shut it down and I just like pushed her to like, I was like, just, just write about it, publish it. And then when she finally did it, she's like, God, that felt great. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's just like putting that out there when like you it's just it's a and that's and i think that's the thing that when you also when you force yourself to publish regularly yeah those things just kind of will naturally come out cuz it's on your mind and it becomes this like public journal in a way which is like uh useful to other, surprisingly, is often very useful to other people too. So
0: Absolutely. I think that's what's beautiful about it is that other people feel feel you, you know, like they really feel like they understand what you're going through. Do you ever think about boundaries though? Like when you're writing this stuff, like the act of writing, have you found yourself being like, "Mm, delete, delete. I don't know if we want to share, you know, do you go through that process of like, is there a boundary? Is there something that's deemed too private or too vulnerable
1: yeah i think for me it's like i uh yeah there's like there's things there's topics in there that like i don't know like things like that where i'm like ah my wife would get kind of pissed if i like, got, like that's right into you that. think like, about
0: the other people who
1: read it right yeah. who,
0: how they might be affected
1: yeah and so like there's stuff like that and like it's you know there's like i think there's like very real elements of like personal development that revolve around like relationships and like sex and things like that, mm. that I'm just like, for the sake of my wife, though, I'm not going to talk about those things. Like, yeah. and I'm just not going to dive into that even though like I fi- I feel like I find like very deep revelations that are like life-changing. It's just like, I just that. And then like also like I, in a way I've built my personal brand is like my tagline at the moment is like helping um, like consultants and agency owners with like, sales marketing and leadership development which is like very broad to basically say any level yep. of like business but like if i just go total 180 and like start talking about like relationships like i can do that if it ties back but in some level i got like a kind of like a brand promise to keep yeah so um
0: brand promise i like that
1: yeah and it's and like that's going to evolve over time because it's like myself but like i got a somewhat stay somewhat consistent if I'm literally using it as like a business leverage tool as well. So,
0: yeah. So you keep the business side in mind.
1: Yeah. I try to always like tie it back. Like if I'm going to like, I've tied, I've like written things about like health and written things about, you know, like meditation or things like that. But I'm tying that back to like, also to like how this, all of these things, like focusing on these other areas is going to help make you stronger, more powerful and like uh, show up better in business as well. So I like, I kind of tie it back to try to keep it relevant and, I just feel like I'm going off on like hippie tangent or something.
0: I think that's a good point. And I think that's something that a lot of people have asked me as a social media strategist is like, don't I need to stick to just one topic? Like I need to just talk about one thing and it's not just one thing, right? But you do want to tie it back to some central point.
1: Yeah. And that's where, again, like I will jump all over the place and like I'm even as I'm diving into music and stuff like that and like mm. going down this path, it's like I'll tie, into like tie in like creativity and like talk about that in music, but that, like, that totally is mm-hmm. applicable to business or just how you, I don't know, just like pull it all together and it's, you can always find kind of tangents that run through it. But yeah, you don't have to just speak on one thing. You can, I just, I just do whatever the hell I want. And if people want to follow me, that's great. If not, they can piss off. Like,
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I think that's a big part of all this too is when you start to put yourself out there, obviously people are responding, you're getting comments, you're getting feedback. The fear is, you know, that people are gonna dislike you or hate on you. Or have you had any of those experiences? Have you ever had to, you know, feel that like, ooh, that, that doesn't feel good?
1: Every once in a while you get a random like haters or whatnot, but I'm just like whatever. Like I just don't care. Like, it's have just, you
0: always been like that though? Does that come naturally for you to just not be irked by that sort of thing, um, or have you grown a thicker skin just by? I
1: think grew a thicker skin. I remember like the first time like I had someone who was just like an internet troll was like on, like Twitter back when I was like actually like people used that like site for like <laughs>
0: people <laughs> still use Twitter, Jacob.
1: <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't. In my eyes, I I, like, Twitter is just st- I don't know. Who the hell he uses Twitter, but. Um, <laughs> It's like there was some just like I was like trying to promote some content. Some guy just like trolled me and just started like ripping apart something I wrote. And I was like, like probably like my fifth blog post or something. And I was right. like, and I was like annoying, but I was like, whatever, dude. It's Just like some, so, it didn't
0: stick with you. It didn't hurt you. It didn't dissuade you.
1: No, nah, and you just like you just gotta have a thick skin and just keep going every week. And like, who cares? Yeah, and that's the thing. Is just like I think when I think the I think the screw, like the thing that seems screwed up to me about all like the. Influencers who are doing like the Instagram pretty pictures. It's like, like you said, it's like self absorbed. It's what other people think about them. And like, yeah, a big believer in like, I still like a ton of philosophy and like incorporate that into a lot of my writing too. But there's like uh, Ayn Rand's like uh, The Fountain and like talking about second handers and people who live for other people. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of influencers who try to live for their audience and like serve them. Like, just I'm just like, I think that's a mentality and that maybe is like a better way to go. And if you want to like maybe monetize it or build the business is build what people want. Mm -hmm. But my mentality is like, screw that. I'm just going to be my authentic self, put a ton of stuff out there. And if people follow, that's cool. And if not, like, I don't care because I'm not going to change who I am for others.
0: I love that. So I am somebody who's grown up as a people pleaser. You know, it's a part of who I am. It's a part of how I grew up, and it's something that I want to work on so badly. It's I don't want to be a people pleaser. You know what I mean? To me, that's not something that I find. To be a positive attribute it 's not served me well in my mm-hmm. life at all, and i 've seen that and as somebody who wants to you know go through these personal development stages and like grow that 's something i 'm so conscious of is that i don 't want to live a life where i 'm so concerned about what other people think or doing things for the sake of others, just hearing you say that sounds so empowering to me and I wish I could just say those words and, and mean them, you know, like, I don't, I don't give a shit what they think. Unfortunately, you know, there, there are things that happen in my day to day life where I see this happening in my head, where there's like this loop that's like, you know, I go back to it and I'm like, why, why did I say that? Like I'll second guess myself, you know, mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll feel like, you know, maybe I should have something done something different. And then I catch myself and I'm just like, Who cares, you know, like who this does not matter and I'm getting better. And maybe that's like a mindfulness sort of thing where I'm catching myself and going, just this doesn't matter. You know, like this is not something that we should be wasting any mental energy or any time on. But it doesn't come naturally for everyone, I would say, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, I think. It's probably possible to to change those sort of patterns. My fingers are crossed right now because that's <laughs> something I'm definitely trying to learn. And I know that when you do put yourself out there, you're you're asking for people to respond, right? Mm-hmm. There's always going to be some sort of response. And it's not always gonna be positive. And I love the idea of just being like, I don't fucking care. You know, like I really <laughs> yeah. don't care. But at the end of the day, you know, there there are people who will be, you know touched or moved or or that will have some sort of response to that do you think it's possible for people to just just turn it off or are you built one way or the other
1: i think it can be a learned thing and like i don't know i i think it's just a mentality like the the other thing you just got to realize is like no matter what even like as you get bigger and like build another following like uh Damian is one of our customers. Like he forwarded us that email. Yeah. One of the first articles. We like we, you know, we interview him and we would like ghostwrite articles. And like he like sends an email one day and someone's like, This is the greatest article I have ever read. Like, like yeah. it was just like the greatest compliment. Like and then the next day, someone's like, this is incompetent rookie shit. Like, like someone <laughs> sent him. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, it's just hilarious because like,
0: the you just realize you can't
1: like, please. And it was just the same article within like 24 hours. He got like the greatest praise. Yeah. Someone who loved him. And then another person who was just like, you're a jerk. And like, and so it was just, it, it's just like realizing like you can't please everyone. And like polarity is a good thing yeah like whenever you whenever you're polarizing people mm-hmm. um like that is a good sign, and mm. it's really scary um but whenever like you create something that mm-hmm. gets reaction yeah even if it's not good reaction um like one of the i remember like that uh, it was actually that email that I got like the eighty responses on like the first line of that was like failure it fucking sucks I was <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. and like that was that was actually also the one so that was the one that I had tons of people just like gravitated toward love mm-hmm. and that was also the email that we lost some customers on because I sent it to my our business list too
0: Oh, and I actually do remember that because yeah. I remember seeing responses come through and I was like Jake you might want to see this one <laughs> someone was like this is too much truth I don't need to know that you you yeah. know like
1: like we've s- like literally lost thousands of dollars on that but I also probably like built <laughs> yeah. loyalty of mm-hmm. like certain fans for like life with that yeah um, and so, like, that's it's just the polarizing thing. And reality, if I would have just only sent that to my personal list, I wouldn't have lost thousands <laughs> yeah. of dollars and still would have built raving fans. So, yeah, things you learn. So,
0: absolutely. Well, it's all a learning process, obviously. And you're kind of putting yourself out there as you go along, right? Mm-hmm. And you've learned a lot, I'm sure, through this whole process.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's a constant thing you just learn. And the biggest, biggest thing is just to like stick with it and stay committed. It's just like, I remember like being early and it was just like watching like every day. I was like, I got like three email signups this week. And I was like, so excited. <laughs> and like, now it's just like, I don't even look at that. And I just like check the numbers every month. And I'm like, Oh wow, that's gotten kind of big. Wow. Cool. Like, I know like yeah. you don't even pay attention. Like you just do stuff and like the following just naturally kind of happens because you're just focused on putting stuff out there and not like the followers or the metrics or the stuff you just do your sure,
0: thing yeah I'm a firm believer in not checking in on the metrics I really think it messes with your head you can't check that stuff too closely yeah, I think every
1: time I send an email my, my metrics drop because people unsubscribe but I'm like whatever like yeah you know, I don't need to be around <laughs> yeah so yeah
0: and then you move forward and you keep creating stuff so if anybody's listening and they're like beginners to the whole game you've got this email list that you've obviously built up over time. And I guess the strategy behind that is just by creating content and putting it out, what, through your website, through LinkedIn, Mm -hmm. through the newsletter itself, obviously over time that gets shared and more and more people become familiar with you. Is there anything more complicated than that to that process?
1: No, and it's not even like some crazy fricking funnel. It's like I have some email opt-ins on my site. People get to my website My LinkedIn content does not even link to my website. Hmm. Um, But I'll have people that'll just like follow through from the LinkedIn content and come and hire our companies or reach out to me directly on LinkedIn and then like want to hire one of our companies. Um, Yeah, I just like put stuff out. I like put out blogs weekly. I put out podcasts pretty weekly. And again, I take breaks. Not perfect. Just like put stuff out on my website and share it on social media and collect emails when they get to my website that's about it. Mike.
0: That's it? <laughs> that sounds so simple, Jake.
1: <laughs> and pe- like, people make this stuff way more complicated, but like, the whole thing is just like, you need the website, which is like the core, because mm-hmm. the email list is definitely the most powerful thing.
0: But what are you telling people that they're going to get out of this newsletter, right? Like if they're going to give you their email, what are they... Because they need incentive, right? Like at the end of the day, people are selfish. They want to get something out of this, right?
1: So like there's like... I used to do like the seven-day crash course. I think I still might have that. I don't even know. Uh, I've not not updated my personal website funnel in years. Mm -hmm. Um, But like I really... It's just like sign up to get my updates on like... um, marketing sales and leadership like it's like really like it, just like, by
0: offering that people are like oh i want that it's free knowledge
1: yeah, and i used to be like win your dream clients like if you want to learn how to win your dream clients i like i like kind of latched onto that for a while which worked really well and then i was like that's kind of like a sleazy scammy thing <laughs> like i can't actually help always fulfill that promises so like yeah i felt like i wanted to make like a real promise that like was legit like there's all the copywriting and like stuff like which can get sleazy and then eventually i was like i just want to write like real no bullshit copy mm-hmm. and uh so i was like i'm just gonna help you level up your skills like if that's what you're here for so uh, that's it so
0: and you help people level up their skills just by sharing your own experiences mm-hmm.
1: yeah. wow. and then as a result like it's crazy like the you know as a result some people read that and they like want to hire us other people can't hire us but they recommend us to tons of people and I have literally had a woman cry one time when she <laughs> when she like when we, she got on a sales call um and we like it wasn't a good fit for our company, yeah. and she was like so in like love with the content I had been putting out, and like it was just not a right fit and it was just really obscure and I remember like uh David Sherry, with that's a stock. He's like, yeah, you know, you've like, you're doing something right. When like people just like, when like irrationally crazy things start to happen. <laughs> to I was like, wow, like this woman like wants to work with our company so badly because she's a fan of my content that like, Beyond rational yeah. thought about me saying she's like, having you know, an emotional breakdown. Like, yeah, it's just it's obscure. So,
0: <laughs> wow. So, I think that's another good point too. Is that you do actually turn people away? You don't just take their money.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. With like, we've we've very like one of our values at Lead Cookie and even with Content Allies is like win-win in relationships. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't want to like, there's people out there that'll just like sell video courses to like people with credit cards and stuff who are in debt and like, Mm -hmm. don't care. And like, that's just not a nice world that I want to be in. (laughs) I'm like, no, so I'm going to sell services to people and we're going to vet them all on phone calls and make sure that they, we think we can actually deliver value and that it's going to be a good ROI for their business. And we, at least we turn away at least 90% of the leads we get. So
0: Yeah, that's crazy. I feel like that's something that's not always talked about either. You know, now that I'm in this world and through Content Allies, we interview people who are experts in sales and this and that. And I've learned that's a huge, important piece of the puzzle is to be able to help people that you can actually help Mm -hmm. and not just take their money. But I don't feel like that's something that's out there, you know?
1: yeah there's a there's a lot of people that just don't care and like Mm -hmm. they'll just try to like get money from anybody but i think if like if you're if you're focused really on helping like there's just like the whole idea of like creating value in the world is how like when you create value money flows back to you yeah um but if you go out there and you just like sell a bunch of people and they're not actually getting value then it's just going to hurt your reputation and not be good and stuff so like we build a reputation by turning people away. We have people we've turned away who've recommended us to other people who hired us. Like it's Mm -hmm. just, you build reputation by doing the right thing in a lot of ways.
0: I love that. It's a a big thing for me, especially with personal branding and putting yourself out there. I really think that it has to come down to, to doing the right thing and, Mm -hmm. and doing it well and getting really good at something and offering it to people that suit, you know, what it is that you're trying to get out there and, and get at. So I, I want to go back to something you said, actually. So talking about the podcast and how you got into podcasting and you were interviewing people and learning all about like, that's such a great model to be able to just uh, to get other people's knowledge just by interviewing them. Is that something you learned from somebody else? Is that a, a model that exists or is that something you came up with? Because it I seems think it's like a, such a great way to do
1: it. It's just like another benefit of podcasting. Like starting a podcast where you interview people, it's awesome. It's just like a super great medium. And, um, you know, the networking is, comes out of it is awesome. And then, like, I straight up have leveled up as a result of like these interviews I mean it's like it's just crazy the level of people that you can just like pick their brain it's mm-hmm. like some of these people if I wanted to hire them they'd probably charge a thousand dollars an hour for like you know a consult. Their services yeah it's like they're running like you know massive businesses but give them an exposure opportunity and you get to pick their brain for an hour and ask them whatever you want and so
0: that's the key, right? You're giving them an exposure opportunity. And I wanted to go back to this just because anyone who's listening here wanting to build their personal brand, uh, podcasting is just such a great way to do this, right? Mm-hmm. And you've talked about this in your consultant's guide to mm-hmm. thought leadership. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me a little bit about that? You put that together recently, yeah. right?
1: Yeah. So that's the kind of the book I wrote on this, like the whole path of becoming a thought leader and everything as I try to just kind of dissect the different angles and paths and I'm bigly that one of the things that is really effective, probably one of the most effective, is creating a form of networking-based content, mm-hmm. and you know that could be like written interviews and stuff like that. But I think podcast interviews are just the best way. Like, like interview-based podcasts, you're going to network with influencers, and like I said, like I became friends mm-hmm. and with all of like the other people who are. So, have, did
0: you make a list of people that you felt like were suited to? What? So, like things you wanted to learn, people you wanted to network with? Was there.
1: Yeah, it's. I, I typically go and like my guests that I'll find are either um, people who have similar audiences that I want to get in front of because those are going to be good strategic relationships. Yep. Or people I'm just really curious and I want to learn from.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: like we were talking earlier about the guy. Like I found some guy who had like run a lead gen business, sold it, and then started a content agency. And like I was like, well, oh, I want to hear his story because yeah. it's pretty similar to my own. And so, like, uh I you know just reach out and interview them, or like I wanted to learn how you know content companies scaled the several million dollars a year. Yeah, so I just reach out to a bunch of content agencies and interview, ask them, and most of I think almost like things most people say yes, especially like even to early shows, most people say yes. The bigger you get, you the more so? likely. I would say I had a friend who's got like a relatively small show. I reached out to a hundred people, and he had over thirty respond yes. There you go. And like, they're pretty big, like, people, like, e commerce store owners that he's talking to. Like, it's busy people.
0: Because of the exposure. But even it's, if the show's small, it'll, it has promise, I guess. And yeah, and you're, they can you're promote still it. going to
1: give people, like, like, even when the show's small, be like, hey, we have a small audience, but it's exactly the type of person, person that you want to get in front of. Like, and mm-hmm. like, like, when their audience overlap is similar, Yep, they like the exposure, even as to it's a small audience. And it's like, oh, and you get SEO backlinks. And like, you know, just like a chance to expose and share your message with the and world. And
0: also just practice interviewing and and your messaging. And mm-hmm. I assume those are positive things for yeah, like too. I've
1: almost always said yes to every interview. And I've only recently like started to be like, ah, I should maybe filter and make sure the show is actually launched. Just because I did a few where I was like, I don't think that show ever went live. <laughs> and so like, I think my new caliber is like, as long as they have like five episodes, and, like even Seth Godin, I think he says, I don't know this for sure. Don't quote me, but I think his policy is he will say yes to any show over a hundred episodes. Cause okay. he just wants people that are committed.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah. That makes I, sense. Like, I think
1: that's like a really good threshold to like, you know, like kind of like concept there. And like, yep. but that's like Seth Godin, like that. So it's like not even that obtainable. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, it's yeah. crazy. And like, I've had like Tucker Max and Mike McCallowitz and like, people like this on my shows that are like really big influencers and yeah. like they all say, yes, uh, it's not like my audience is that big in comparison to them. So.
0: And do you find any sort of spike when you can get those sort of people on your shows?
1: Not really. No, it's really, exactly. you know, you might see a slight spike. Um, but like a lot of times the really big guests aren't going to share it out. Like the small guests will, mm-hmm. um, you know, they just get the exposure and they're not going to help you really promote it that much. Right. Um, well, what I yeah, like, I I honestly like it's it's more often like the small guests who like actually like really help promote it. Yeah. Um, and I I don't again I don't really actually look at the metrics, so I can't really <laughs> tell you like I don't even know. I get just occasionally like check my metrics to be like I should probably be able to tell people roughly the range of like the traffic or downloads yeah. I'm getting. So yeah, that's like about the only <laughs> reference point I check.
0: I hear you. So with the consultants path, you know, the it really does come down to just putting out content consistently. And then what about what types of content? You know, do you have to put together yeah. a strategy and
1: I think like when you're looking at like B2B, I think like one of the things, especially like for consultants, which is our persona, I think a big piece of this is in a lot of the cases to build like cornerstone content. So yeah. like the consultant's path, the thought leadership for me is a cornerstone piece that this is like, this is thought leadership for consultants, like broken down, like this is a path you can take. Mm -hmm. So it becomes a thing that someone can read and like it indoctrinates them and everything like that. Or like for Lead Cookie, our how-to guide to LinkedIn lead generation, it's like the lead magnet could be another way you put it there or anything like that. But it's like this cornerstone stuff, like piece of content that is going to like enter someone into your world. Mm I uh, like a guy Ryan Tansom. I know who does like acquisition stuff, and he has these like ultimate guides to like understanding acquisitions for like business owners, and it's like really good stuff because you just like it's the thing that when you enter someone's universe, you read that and you're just like, whoa, this person knows bomb.
0: so much. Yeah. yeah, and
1: then like and then like everything they do supports that, mm-hmm. um, and so like that's a really. For like a B2B thing, when you have a focus on what you're doing in like business, like that type of education can be really, really useful. Probably, there's probably applications in like, you know, B2C stuff as well. But like, that is just a really, um, I think, powerful way to go in like the B2B space.
0: Yeah, absolutely. What about giving away your secrets, though? You can't give away your secrets, just give it man. all away. Then. Give
1: away <laughs> all. So like, yeah, one of our customers, Dan um, Kelly with Negotiated grew here, like that's what he said to me. And he's like, I can't just give all this stuff away. We wrote an article on how to negotiate with Salesforce and made him over half a million dollars. What ranks above like all of the like humongous McKinseys and like you know yeah. Gartner's and all these like companies that he's competing against. And he's like this one man shop over here who's yeah. like just raking it in uh, because he, he put it said all out there. That no one else would say. You know.
0: Yeah, that's huge. That's what I did. Like that was like
1: the lead cookie thing. Like there was a bunch of companies doing like info products on like LinkedIn lead generation. Yeah. I was, like. This is like simple. Like all you're doing is just like sending connection requests and then a drip message. So I'm just gonna write an article about that. And then people don't have to go buy your dumb info product. (laughs) 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 They're gonna just realize it's really hard to do and then they're gonna hire us to do it. Like that was as simple as that. So
0: that's so that's it, right? You show people what your expertise is, you show them the knowledge and you say, Here, you can go ahead and do that, or you could hire me to help you.
1: Yeah, it's just like it's there's a, um, it's like the curse of knowledge like you know that thing of like you don't realize how like, like literally prepping for this interview uh, you were sitting here trying to figure out how to do like get all the audio stuff set up and I'm just like how do you not know this because I've like done it 150 times yeah, and exactly. it's like I forget that like oh wow like someone new to a podcast has to remember how the technical steps and like me I can like open up tabs and have, like, a podcast prepped and ready to go in, like, a matter of, like, 15 seconds. Mm -hmm. And so it's, like, you forget that when you write this content, you're, like, why would someone hire me? But then it's, like, they're going to have so many barriers that they just, like, you don't realize that they have. Or, like, they just are so far unaware on, like, how to do everything that, like, they just don't have the same skills that you have.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So I guess it's a pretty good time to, like, plug what Content Allies is, because mm-hmm. we help people quite a bit in this sort of way. Can you tell people what yeah. Content Allies is?
1: So Content Allies, we turn consultants into thought leaders through content marketing. So basically, um, our core services is really you know, for, um, we like to work with people who are really, really smart and have tons of <laughs> knowledge and education, but they never have time or maybe the skills to like, write quality like articles or marketing content. So we'll interview them and then turn their ideas into articles or help them produce podcasts like this, this kind of, this podcast is brought to you by mm-hmm. Content Allies.
0: And uh, <laughs> Thank you, Content Allies. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then we do the LinkedIn content as well as a way to kind of help them promote and share all that out there. So um, yeah, that is uh, what we do is help really smart people get their messages out there and,
0: build their personal brands. Mm -hmm. I love it. Well, thank you for taking the time to talk to me about private lives and public spaces. It's actually more authentic storytelling and putting yourself out there. Um, You've actually been such a great source of support for me. I I'm somebody who's been a hard worker and I've put myself out there a lot. And sometimes you just need somebody to believe in you and to see that you can get shit done and that you have a vision and you're going somewhere so thank you so much for investing in me and I think what you're doing is huge and I love that you're putting yourself out there and I think it's so important that they are people building brands like this and building businesses that do good and I think you're doing really great things and you're supporting a lot of great people so thank you for what you do.
1: Thank you Jess. Thank you for being awesome.
0: Yeah, no worries. I promise I will continue to be awesome. (laughs) And we will continue doing this show and keep bringing you people who are doing great things with their personal brands and with authentic storytelling. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. Thanks to Jake. And we'll see you next time. I hope you found tons of value in this week's episode. If this has inspired you and you know somebody who could benefit from putting themselves out there in meaningful ways... Please share the love and tell your friends about the show. Remember, you can sign up to be a guest. This is a safe space where you can talk about your story. If you have a story to tell and you need a place where you can provide context to tell and to connect and to share, please go to makingjgb.com. Check out the private lives and public spaces section. And on that page, you'll also find this episode show notes. Check it out and make sure you don't miss any future episodes by subscribing to the podcast guys that's it for me i'm jgb until next time remember just because you can doesn't mean you should think about it